0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Health and Hearth. My name's Mary. So to kick off the physical health series, we're going to be talking about obesity. Um, Reason I chose obesity is because it's a problem that affects a lot of people at some point in their life. Um, I was personally affected by obesity myself, so I thought, why not speak from personal experience um, and get straight into it? So, what is obesity um and how does it affect people, and what are the signs, the symptoms, the side effects, the risks, things like that? I'll get into all of that today so huh obesity is a person affects a person that is overweight and has a lot of body fat. That's just the most basic way of saying it. I think that's the way that everyone understands it to be. Um, and it is a very common problem in the u k um Obviously, statistics show that it's more a problem in the u s but I don't live there, so we're talking about the u k today um and it affects one in four adults and one in five children and When I say children, I'm talking from the ages of ten to eleven years old um it affects one in five children, so it is a lot considering the other health aspects that come along with being obese but it is the world that we live in today. Um, There is the common way, the common method that people can determine what their weight, what their healthy weight is. Now healthy weight is a term that I don't like to use but it's commonly used in the healthcare profession because it's just the easier way, easier phrase of saying things. So the common method to check if an individual is at a healthy weight, quote unquote, um, is by checking their BMI. Now, the BMI obviously stands for body mass index and the NHS have a BMI calculator. Now, the BMI calculator will tell you. Based on your age, your ethnicity, your gender, your height and your activity level, it will take all these things into consideration and tell you on the spectrum what level of health you are weight wise. So a healthy weight is classified as anything from 18.5 to 24.9. If that your BMI is between that spectrum, that's what a healthy weight is categorized as. Um, a person that is overweight the spectrum goes from 25 to 29.9 and anyone that's obese the spectrum goes from 30 to 39.9 and anything 40 plus is severely obese. Um, I personally was in the severely obese category at one point in my life and the way it affected me was oh it was terrible but obviously we'll get into that later Um, Now, the BMI isn't used to diagnose obesity, um, but a lot of healthcare professionals use it as the basis of, you know, how to categorise things. And unfortunately, it is used to some people's disadvantage at times. Um, But the BMI isn't used to diagnose obesity as such because people who are muscular will have a higher BMI because of their weight, but it genu- generally wouldn't be fat that, you know, they have accumulated or be muscle. So because the muscle is heavy, their weight would be heavy, which means the BMI would also increase. Now, that in I think that point in itself affects a lot of people. Um, And I'm going to go into how it affects people from other ethnic backgrounds as well, because the main thing I want to focus on here is the BMI was set up and was structured in a very westernized society. It was it didn't include or didn't take into consideration anyone else from other ethnic backgrounds. So it's quite surface based in that sense. But um, I'll go into some side effects and the risks and things like that. So um, obesity can affect people's quality of life um obviously stop them from doing certain things it can lead them to psychological problems like depression you know I spoke on that earlier in the last episode it can lead them to self, um low self-esteem um and the common cause is purely consuming more calories than you burn off so essentially eating more than you're actually working off um and a lot of people have been doing that during lockdown. I myself have been doing that during lockdown with pleasure. But obviously, for some people, it's, lead, it's led to obesity or severe obesity and things like that. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, so that's obviously the main point. It You know, consuming more calories than you're burning off. Another cause actually of, of, of obesity now that I think about it is hypothyroidism. So that's when a person has um an underactive thyroid gland. Um and obviously that comes with a lot of side effects um like breathlessness, increased sweating, um or so, like a lot of people that I have come in contact with with hyperthyroidism um they they sweat especially during their sleep, even people that are obese like obviously they have night sweats and things like that. So It's very uncomfortable to experience and to go through on a daily basis. Um, People that are classified as obese, um, they're more likely to suffer from snoring, um, difficulty doing physical activities. There's some people that, you know, merely climbing a flight of stairs proves challenging to them. Um, The feeling of, you know, often feeling tired, having joints and back pain, being low in self-confidence and learning your self-esteem a lot of people that are obese feel isolated because unfortunately there is still the stigma that oh you know if you're if you physically look bigger than the average human being then you're not as attractive and all this kind of thing so you know people that suffer from obesity often do feel isolated unfortunately um high cholesterol that's a big one um i think a lot of people know Someone or've heard of someone or in contact with someone that has high cholesterol due to obesity asthma obviously that comes in terms of the breathlessness that I mentioned earlier um metabolic syndrome, which is let me just remember uh it's a combination of diabetes, high blood pressure, and obesity. I think if my mind serves me correctly um obesity then obviously th- all of these are serious but womb cancer is a very serious uh result of obesity and unfortunately a lot of people suffer from that um now I know that a lot of people don't know that obesity can lead to such extremes but unfortunately it can so a lot of people do suffer from womb cancer because of obesity um trying to think of what else a uh, little gourd, which is gastro. Oh my gosh, English. I think how do you say it? Gastroesophageal esophage, uh, reflux disease. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Um, I'll double check that um, and correct myself on my Insta if I'm incorrect. But I think that's what how it says. So that's obviously another um, side effect of obesity, and that's essentially when the stomach stomach acid leaks out um and into the gullet and i believe the gallstones no yeah i believe that's what it is it's when the stomach acids leak out into the gullet um what other side effect of obesity is there that it comes to my mind reduced fertility that's a, another oh that's massive and a lot of things and this actually affects men a lot more than they think obviously it affects women as well but A lot of men don't understand that obesity can lead to them becoming infertile, essentially, to an extent. So that is a very common but not known result of obesity. Um, What else is coming to mind? Sleep apnea, which is a condition that causes interrupted breathlessness during sleep, which obviously is quite dangerous and it can lead to daytime sleepiness and increased risk of road traffic accidents and that's actually a very common um cause especially during um amongst people that are truck drivers and things like this because unfortunately they're not very active in their job when it comes to physical labor so whilst they're driving for hours and hours and hours on end you know to pass time they snack a lot and this that and the other and because of it obviously they would gain weight and things like that so um they have they're they're at a higher risk of having road traffic accidents because they've probably not slept during the night um what else has come into mind osteoarthritis that's another major um side effect of obesity um osteoarthritis is a condition that involves pain and stiffness in the joints um Obviously, it's not the only like obesity isn't the only reason some like a person could have osteoarthritis. It's just one of many side effects that could affect a person if they were obese um What else is coming to mind liver disease, kidney disease and um, pregnancy complications, for example uh gastrodiabetes or preeclampsia um which is very dangerous during pregnancy and after labor um and can be very serious if it's not treated that's one of the main um side effects when if someone's obese during pregnancy um obviously it's very scary and people that go through that are i can only imagine what they're going through in their mind um so let's go into some of these statistics now I have done my research a little bit. Um, I'm going through some of the old assignments that I've done in the past. Um, I just grabbed everything I can see from there. So um, let's see. So NICE, which is the National Institute for Health and Excellence, they some of their quotes are, the World Health Organization believes that these thresholds are not suitable for people from Black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds so in in terms of this they're talking about the BMI the body mass index calculator and I definitely agree I feel like for me for example the two stages in my life where I was categorized as obese were one when I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle where essentially breakfast lunch and dinner was fried like I'd have a fry up for breakfast I'd have something crazy like a large portion of mac and cheese with um, garlic bread and chicken wings and all this kind of stuff and then lots of like jollof rice for dinner or you know just stuff like that things that generally eating on a day-to-day basis isn't healthy for the human body as such because of the amount of oil consumption that it has now at the time I was going through my own thing at that moment I thought I was a I'm a comfort eater so at the time that's what was helpful to me at that moment in time I was food was like an escape for me food was a way that I could just essentially have my troubles run away um obviously it didn't help in any way shape or form because obviously I developed obesity and that came with its own trials and tribulations, and a lot of the things that I mentioned earlier, um, I'd gone through myself. So, very like I honestly, I snored so loud that my, that my mum and dad had to actually bring me up on it. Not only just snoring, I had sleep apnea for a large period of time. I was severely, severely asthmatic. I have two flights of stairs in my household, and going up the stairs I, and I was on the top floor going up I literally would stay in my room for the majority of the day because I just didn't want to have to go through the trouble of going up and down the staircase every single time I needed something from downstairs so during that time I had really low self-esteem I didn't believe in myself I didn't feel like I wanted to socialize um my friends just assumed that I was ignoring them I wasn't but at the time I felt like I looked horrific and I what I'd eat, they'd judge me or they'd judge me about how I ate and what I ate and the amount that I ate. So I just decided to keep myself to myself. And at the time, um, that was what was best for me because I felt comfortable doing that, not knowing that it took such a hit on my confidence that... It just wasn't good for me it wasn't good for my self-esteem it wasn't good for anything like that so that was one of the moments in my life where i was classified as obese and i was younger at the time so obviously the gp was tracking my um progress and they gave me advice and everything i chose not to take it because in my mind i was i was still comfortable doing was what I, what I was doing i didn't want to change i didn't see anything wrong with what i was doing at the time um and I thought okay you know what I'm well you know how are you when you're young you think oh I'm an adult I know what I'm doing I'll you know when I'm ready I can just I, I can just lose the weight as easily as I gained it which really <laughs> isn't true but um that was my mindset at the time um and the second time I suffered from obesity was when I was um training to do bikini bodybuilding and at the time actually because you a lot of the time like I think for if anyone that's in that field, you'd hear of um, bulking and everything like that. So, at the time, because um of the time period between the actual showcase and me training, I had to go through a, a stage of bulking, and I was at my fittest at that moment in time, like the fittest I've ever been in my life. I had. I was toned for days, Uh, my legs, my arms, my abs, everything looked trim. I looked fantastic, fan-bloody-tastic. But because of the amount of muscle that I was gaining, and I gained muscle so quickly, I gained muscle like that. And because of it, my weight just kept going up. And I obviously, at the time... um, this is before I had a trainer and before I had anything like this. So I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was go I was, you know, doing the complete wrong things. I thought I was eating the wrong things. Um, because all I had on the at the time was a scale to go by. And not knowing that my body I could see that my body's changing. My body's looking better and better as the weeks go on. But my weight and the scale was just keep going up and I was just like, Oh my god. I'm such a fatty, I gotta trim more and this and the other. But then when I went through my trim stage, the amount that I bulked up in preparation for um competing just dropped like that because I already had that foundation of muscle to go off. Um it was a good basis from there on. So Despite me being classified as obese, my body fat percentage was actually very very low um and obviously, I tried to train as healthier as healthy as I possibly could without it you know affecting my health to a point where I can't recover from this um and a lot of people- I was surrounded by a lot of people at the time that were using steroids and i just i couldn't i I just couldn't fathom the um extreme the extremeness of it all I just I don't know if that's a word it's just using steroids to achieve something that you can achieve naturally with time I just didn't understand at the time so I obviously was not interested in anything steroid related um but I was happy that I'd had this definition in my muscles now I was a lot more toned. I was a lot more and my confidence at the time, phew, no one could tell me nothing, I was top two not two, okay, but even though me being at my peak, I was still classified as obese, but I went to the doctors, because at the time, actually around that time, I had to, um, have an operation on my ankle, and they were, f- this was by the NHS, because I had, um, a bone growth on my ankle, then it was, that's another story for another day, but, um, they refused to operate on me because my body fat percentage was so low now I'd been training for this um competition for a very long time now and anyone that you know has gone through the uh, bikini bodybuilding kind of spectrum and that lane knows that every single thing that you that goes into your body you have to measure um down to how much literally down to every drop of water that I had I'd documented and I'd been training for months and months and months and I really needed this operation so it was either a choice between okay I can remain in pain and not have this operation or I can you know and still compete and possibly win you know because I was pretty good to be honest um Or I can just continue trying and train and just be in pain, essentially, and keep popping painkillers, which obviously isn't good at all for anyone's health. So I decided to um, have the operation. Obviously, I had to forfeit my place in competing at that point in time, um, despite, you know, doing little, not little, but like more minor um, competitions before that and winning it. I was... Very, I was very upset. I honestly was very upset because obviously you train for so long for something and you devote yourself to something and it doesn't happen for you. It's obviously quite upsetting. But because I was still classified as obese, not only did I have to increase my body fat for them to be like you for them to be comfortable with operating on me. I had to reduce my muscle mass and this was really upsetting for me because i was so happy with the way i looked at that point that i was like if i put on more fat and lose my muscle mass and go look like a blob that was my genuine reaction so when i heard this i was like you know at the end of the day i need this operation um just do it so that's what i had to do i just had to essentially eat a completely different um, like completely different meals compared to what I've been eating. I did less measuring. I did less, like all of this, like meal plan and all that kind of, I had to stop that essentially because what I needed, like was completely different to what I've been doing so far. So despite me being at my peak, I still was classified as obese. And it's, it's just insane to think that because I was healthier, than the majority of other people that are classified as obese or um overweight but yet because of my weight my BMI just skyrocketed I think when I was um closest to actually you know the competing date like the big one um I was classified as severely obese and I was like wow I just at that point at that point, I just took it as a compliment. I was like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. What can I say? My muscles just keep getting bigger and I don't care. But that's how distorted the BMI spectrum can be at times because you can't base it on, you can't base it on just weight. Well, obviously it's not based on weight alone, but weight is a massive impact, um, a massive factor in it. So NICE, which is the National Institute of Health and Care Excellence, what else, well, um, some of the other things that they said is general awareness should be raised amongst both practitioners and members of the public that people of Black, Asian and other minority ethnic backgrounds are at an increased risk of chronic health conditions at a lower BMI than the white population. Now with this, I definitely agree. I think a large reason like the the re the reason this is what it is is because of the foods that we eat i think in black and asian populations and other ethnic backgrounds our meals are very are focused on like for example nigerians i'm a nigerian uh salad isn't something that we eat for luxury we don't eat it really at all um obviously there's some meals that obviously include vegetables um but when it comes to our main meal it's really not vegetable based it's carbs and f- not fat as well I think mean, that's a like it's fat based it's a lot of oil a lot of butter a lot of spices and all this kind of thing so I do agree with what the um institute says there Um, Professor Mike Kelly, which is the director of the Centre of Public Health Excellence, Excellence, says the number of people affected by these health conditions is far greater among black, Asian and other minority ethnic groups, despite the fact that the rates of obesity amongst these groups are similar amongst the white population therefore the point at which the level of the body fat becomes risky to health to health varies from the varies between ethnic groups so what i'm taking from what he's saying is despite like let's say for example compare me to a caucasian female of the same height of this of the same age that i am it's likely that despite us having similar BMIs because if, if we've taking this off a base level just like I'm eating the food of my ethnic background and she's eating the food of her ethnic background then realistically by going off that I'd be a lot more exposed to developing obesity because of that in itself um, which I don't think he's wrong to be honest. Me personally, I don't think he's wrong. Um, but Catherine Law, uh, she's a professor. She's a professor of uh, what I believe uh, public health and epidemiology. Um she says here, okay, here we are, there's clear evidence that black, Asian and minority ethnic groups are at a higher risk of diabetes than white populations with the same BMI and waist circumference, uh, which is exactly what I said. Um, she says here, uh, obviously, black, ethnic, and Asian and minority groups are six times higher amongst Asian groups. To I've missed my bit, and there I go. Uh, they also tend to develop obesity at a younger age, and it progresses faster. So uh unfortunately with that I agree as well I mean I can't I can't dispute the facts to be honest with you because it is true what they're saying um despite everything else if they're going off a base value and you know the statistics then yes I guess it is more likely for black people to become obese if we're going off if we're constantly eating our the food of our heritage for example like for example Nigerians if we, if i was to eat jollof rice every day oh my gosh within a week i'd be obese but you know obviously it's not something i think Nigerians are now coming to the understanding that certain things are a luxury um and i think generation z i think we've learned that that everything in moderation which is what i'm trying to practice myself it's not easy because our food is delicious but everything in moderation helps us provide a more holistic approach to ourselves and the next generation coming up. Um, Obviously there's things like pounded yam, and it's heavy and it's a lot more calorific than people necessarily think. And because it's so um, easy to eat and it's obviously delicious, people obviously assume that, oh, you know, it's... Because it's yam and because it's a vegetable in itself they think oh okay it's healthy it really isn't that healthy considering the quantity that people eat um but obviously that's a story for another day um there's always there's an author she's um her name is Tola Okagu and she made she wrote um an article in Metro um some of her quotes are uh this is a potential issue because BMI is used by the medical profession to quickly determine a person's weight in relation to their height. In addition to insurance companies, certain professions also use it to determine a candidate's eligibility. It's even used to determine if you are eligible for some medical procedures such as IVF and surgery. Definitely agree with that. so, and she goes on to say, so I begin to wonder, are black people being unfairly penalised by an outdated measure that potentially discriminates along the lines of race? That is a very heavy question. Uh, I don't think I can answer it. Um, she says it would. it would seem the answer is yes. She says, BMI has limit... She says, BMI has limitations because it does not take into account... Um, differing body shapes that are not as a result of excessive body fat the bmi also does not distinguish between body fat and muscle mass that i definitely agree with her on that which is why my muscular athletes can have which is why muscular athletes can have a high bmi particularly as muscle is heavier than fat she then goes into some statistics of her own that she's found um I tried to try and trace those statistics up couldn't find them myself but um obviously she i'm sure she's done a more in depth um look into it than I have um you know for her article and things like that um but it's just it's really a a sticky subject because in terms of obesity. When it comes to the black community, it just it's not based on our body types at all. I do agree with her on that. It's very difficult to um say okay, you know, like for example, black women we have a lot we build a lot more muscle on our shoulders. like most black women um have well ve- not very muscular but have muscular shoulders in comparison to people that are Caucasian. We have muscles on our hips and it's a lot more prominent than people that are from other ethnic backgrounds and because of this i do believe that we are at a disadvantage um in terms of the bmi i feel like adaptations need to be made to the bmi and how that's calculated um my me myself there was a time that um i wanted i needed to have a surgery and it was so severe that the doctor had told me that if i don't have this um surgery i run a risk of having a slip disc in my spine obviously anyone that knows what that is, that is very, very dangerous. But because of my BMI solely, they decided to decline when the board was held, they decided to decline my um, uh, request because they just saw the BMI as what it is. I even requested to have a specific um, fat and muscle mass measure taken. So I was sent to this hospital, They took, they literally put me into this thing that looked like kind of looked like an egg it was weird but it specifically it measures your entire body from head to toe literally every little every little percentage you have of, of body fat and muscle mass it measures everything and it was so clear that if it was based off my height and my muscle and my fat ratio I am um, well at the time I know I don't know right now but at the time was a very healthy weight for my size and my age and everything like that my mus I had a lot more muscle than the average human being so because obviously I'm, a, I'm just basing that off my bodybuilding past um and I'm just assuming that at the time when I was bodybuilding I you know I've still accumulated quite a lot of that muscle to this date, um and I still do a lot of body weight workouts which obviously you know I guess increase my body uh, my muscle mass but when they put that towards the board and I you know made that request again they still declined it because just solely based on my BMI according to BMI I was severely obese and I'm like it really does put me at a disadvantage because I'm like okay I need this surgery so much so that if I don't get it, the doctor's fearful for my life and yet they won't give me the surgery. It was so much so that I had to go and outsource, you know, my own surgeon elsewhere and get the procedure done outside of the NHS because they honestly, I, I kid you not, this um, this series of back and forth that I had with them lasted almost, I believe three and a half to four years now um and that's with me constantly going back and forth with them obviously if because of this procedure that I had it um I'd been suffering from it for a lot longer than that I'd just not been actively you know you know informing them of the problem um but it is what it is the NHS is the NHS for a reason I'm not gonna the NHS obviously, I obviously work within the NHS and I know how hard I work and how hard other NHS professionals work. It's just unfortunate that the BMI is calculated the way it is, and it's 2021 and they've not made adaptations to you know um, accompany the variety of ethnic backgrounds that are now in the UK. Um, and they may obviously um adapt it so that everyone's included and everyone's you know on the same page and kind of, that kind of thing um but obviously the risk of, like obesity for a lot of people is still a very it's still a very um, I'm trying to think of the words <laughs> it's still very risky it's a, it's literally life and death um and obesity really does reduce a person's life expectancy by about three to ten years depending on the severity of their obesity um and one in 13 deaths in europe has obesity as a contributing factor so obviously um it could be a stroke it could be high blood pressure it could be like things like hypertension for example that could be the reason a person dies but obesity is a contributing factor to that obviously they might be suffering from other health issues but obesity statistically one in 13 deaths in europe that's not london that's not the uk that's in the whole of europe um has obesity as a contributing factor now um i think i'm going to cut this podcast here but if you need any other help and support there is obesity uk um, and they can be contacted via email at any time. Just send them an email. They, al- they al- also have, um, volunteers that are looking for volunteers, especially at this time. Um, so if you're interested, you know, send them an email. I'm sure they get back to you within the next few working days. But Obesity UK, they're a fantastic charity, um, and they raise awareness, um, and they have their understanding of what obesity is, and a lot of people that are within the team have suffered from obesity, so they can speak from their own point of view. It is a safe space where everything is confidential, and they can provide advice and support if needed. Um, and I think one of their mantra mantras, I like, guess that the a e- hey, English one of basically one of their standpoints are that they honestly believe that obesity is a disease I also believe that I believe that it's something that is oh it's it's terrible for someone that's um obese or severely obese or even overweight like it affects everyone differently and I just feel like body positivity is something that should be advertised and promoted a lot more um especially in this day and age because everyone comes in different shapes and sizes but of unfortunately people that are obese are scrutinized and they're made to feel isolated which is honestly horrible but um yeah definitely follow obesity uk that um they've got an instagram page as well if you need help and support contact them um i'm also always going to say you know if you have any issues with your health or your bmi or your weight or anything like that that's worrying you that's bringing you concern contact um your gp you know obviously nhs are there to help and support you whenever definitely contact them make them aware of what you're feeling and what you're thinking and i'm sure that they will help you or the relevant healthcare professional will help you in your endeavors um so that's it for me today um thank you for listening Um, if you like what you hear, head over to Health and Hearth. I'll see you over there. Bye.